Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My name is Adam Montoya. You may be wearing a jock strap. Prepare to die. <laughs> hey, I'm ready. Right foot back. <laughs> Begins with a U. It ends with an A. To the Cultaholic Classic Raw review, as the other Cultaholic lads uh, continue our road to SummerSlam this weekend, we are here via our Ica Pro Power DeLorean, trapped in the new generation era, which is a bit like being trapped at the Amway Center, except it lasts longer. And who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, former Cultaholic heavyweight champion Tom Campbell. I'm with the bear, the big blue bar cage, the head pen of Cultaholic. He doesn't need a pencil. He gets it right every time. He is Justin Henry. He is off on the power. I would rather sell Amway to a homicidal maniac than watch this episode again. <laughs> Amway is a bit like it's. What is Amway? It's like Avon, but like I guess more varied. Right. It's just so. like, like like care products you sell door to door. I wasn't sure because when it was announced as like coming out of the Amway Center, I was like, oh, I, I, I don't know what that is. And then it turns out it's like an Avon style product. So that's. Uh, that's an interesting yeah, place to much. come from for the next a million years. Is it a nice venue? Uh, the Amway Center itself, it's actually a very nice venue. It, 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 it's NBA size. It's where, um, it's where the Orlando Magic play, so it's like a 20,000-seat arena. And they've had pay-per-views there before. They had the 2016 Royal Rumble there. Right. I'm nervous that it might sound a bit cavernous. Well, the, what they've been doing, from what I've been reading here about this whole Thunderdome idea that they're considering – about having like um, piped in fans. What the NBA has been doing is, is they have these LED boards up during their games right now because they're playing their games down in this bubble in Orlando inside of a Disney World. They have these giant LED boards with like virtual fan faces, like people like watching the game on like some sort of device where we're actually reacting in real time. So it's like you see fans, but it's not like an actual crowd. It's It's strange and – I imagine it's probably a very, um, very tempting to misbehave when you're on there, especially for a crappy wrestling show. Mm-hmm. It's and there's something deeply unsettling about wrestling in front of lots of people's webcams. Well, I suppose, but I mean, it's, I mean, technology's gone berserk anyway. You might as well embrace it. 
Very true, very true. Uh, we are far away from such problems in 1994, where we are currently at, as we chronologically critique, thank you, OSW Review, Monday Night Raw from its very beginning to the bitter end. And we are uh, stepping one more foot into the trench that is the new generation era in 1995. Are we Trencher, trencher grave. Uh, a bit of both, mate. <laughs> at least, at least we pull ourselves out of the grave at some point with the attitude era. But oh, it's a long, it's a long slog. It's a long slog. We're about to. We are Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption. We have just finished <laughs> the hole behind the picture of the nudie lady, and we're about to crawl through the tunnel. I'm about to say, oh, that's the smell. That's exactly what the smell is. And Morgan Freeman is going to commentate the whole thing. Uh, for this week's episode of Monday Night Raw, where and when are we, Justin Henry? Well, we are live-ish on Monday, December 12th, 1994, from the... Yeah, it's this venue. From Liberty High School in Liberty, New York. <laughs> let me tell you something. With the opening match that we're about to review, and this venue... This is every independent show in the Northeast in 1998 and 99. <laughs> oh, Christ. It really is, isn't it? Oh, man. It, it is, um, except. Actually, there, there is no except. This is literally what it is. <laughs> you think, hey, Vince McMahon, if you're listening to this, which I know sometimes you do, you think it's bad coming out of the performance center for Raw. Remember that time you did it out of a high school? Yes, it like, imagine a Monday afternoon, a freaking Monday afternoon, and you know you're, you're in science class, you're getting done for the day, getting ready to go to, your, go to the buses, and you pass by the gymnasium, and you see they're setting up the ring for a national wrestling promotion to tape, to tape three weeks of television that night. What, and, times we, what times we live in. What times you living? Uh, slightly different story down the road for World Championship Wrestling. Uh, their new, the live WCW show uh, on the third of December, uh, the one that's just about a week or so away now, uh, that's gone by a week or so away. Harlem Heat and the Nasty Boys on it. This is the show where Randy Savage debuted, uh, managed to draw a 2.6, which is about, which is a big way up on previous weeks. So Savage's mm-hmm. arrival in World Championship Wrestling getting a bit of a bump. Did we talk about Savage's debut last week, Justin? I don't believe we did. We but didn't, did I, we? Yeah, I know he debuted on a, on a live edition of Saturday Night getting ready for was part of the build for Starcade. And that is and I believe what happened. And I believe that's when he um he teased when he confronted Hulk Hogan for the first time in this company. He would either shake his hand or slap his face, and he didn't know yet. That's exactly what happened. Uh, and according to Meltzer, uh, he sa- says that um, Savage's debut, however, was marked by a shocking lack of crowd response. Uh, that's, uh, well, I mean, it is filmed in front of a smaller crowd. So maybe it's just harder to, uh, I mean, it's not a 20,000 seat arena, and, and, and this here sure as hell ain't, but. It is from the front of some small crowd in either Georgia or Florida. I can't remember which. There was also some issues with Savage's debut behind the scenes. WCW had been served with legal papers from Titan Sports just a few days prior, claiming that Savage appearing on WCW television would constitute a breach of his implied agreement with Titan since he wasn't under contract. Now, reports from WCW was that WWF had gotten an injunction in place preventing Savage from appearing on television for 30 to 60 days. However, these were clearly erroneous 
Because in this business, according to Dave, nobody is going to be so stupid enough to defy a court order and wind up in jail for contempt. And besides, it's implied. It's What the hell is an implied contract? It's kind of like a gentleman's agreement, isn't it? I, I, this is what I believe this to be, like a handshake agreement, like a goodwill thing to say, like, now, don't you. It's the same as saying to your kid, right? Now, whatever you do, don't take a cookie out of the jar. Now, you're not signing a legal contract to stop them doing it, but you're just hoping in, in, in the sense of goodwill, they're not going to do it. And if they do, there's not much they, you can do other than say, we asked you not to do that. Now, I'm no Joseph Park Esquire here. <laughs> but I believe that would hold no legal weight whatsoever. Like, oh, well, 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 you can't appear on their show because we thought you were going to come back to us. So, yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, there's 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 nothing really that can keep them from uh, from keeping them there. Um, elsewhere, World Wrestling Federation, some comings and some goings. Uh, we could see a massive star on the way out, and we could see an indie star on the way in. Now, who do you think the big star is that's being teased to be away? Oh, um, wow, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I mean, Yoko is going is off the fat camp for the time being, so I don't think he's leaving. I don't think they would imply that. Big star on their way out. Potentially on their way out. Potentially, potentially on their way out. Give me a hint. Um, one of the biggest stars in the company. <laughs> Sean, Brett, Taker. You got it second there. Uh, although, according to Dave, it is virtually a certainty that Gene Oakland's report that Bret Hart was negotiated with WCW is totally made up. WCW officials are claiming this past week that Hart's agent, Carl DeMarco, wants to open doors to talk. That seems like BS. Mm, well, is it though? <laughs> I know, I know. Brett wanted to open up his acting channels a little bit. That's why he was doing Lonesome Dove and he was looking for opportunities there. Because, I mean, at this point, he is thirty-seven. He's worked a long schedule. He's home. He's home right now, selling the effects of the chicken wing. But he knows he's not going to last forever in the business, and he's you know, looking for that one last big contract to you know set him up for life and. After that, acting opportunities. So that would make sense. But for him to jump ship, I, I, I mean, he didn't want to leave in 96. So why would he want to leave in 94? Who do you think was the big indie star on the way in? Big indie star on the way in. Let's see. Is, this, is it somebody who ultimately does come in? Yes. Okay, so the candidates here are Skip and Sonny. Um, Al Snow. Ooh, um, Rhodey's already in it. He's not even really a, a big indie star. Uh, not Louis Spicoli, I wouldn't think. Uh, give me one. Give me. You actually said the name there, uh, Sonny Tammy Fitch, being considered for an mm -hmm. announcing spot within World Wrestling Federation. Oh yeah, that they, they had her do some um, studio spots under the. Under the name Tamara Murphy. She's a regular baby face, run of the mill, like mean gene type, but you know, minus the humor and with a full hairline. <laughs> but it's okay because the overwhelming power of Stephanie Wyandermania would keep her out of the company for a little longer. Oh, God. As soon as I saw it on this show, I just. 
I actually pulled out Titan sinking for her brief snippet in there where James Dixon interviewed her about her brief run in the WWF, and she basically summed it up very well in about three sentences. Should I read it off to you? Please do, my friend. Okay, so for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, on the, on the weekend show WWF Mania hosted by Todd Pentengill, they had their 100th episode recently, which they advertised last week. And, and on the show, he got a new gift, which was a new co-host, a woman named Stephanie Wyand, who was like this sort of – how should I describe this? Very enthusiastic woman who had no fame before this or after this, really. But Todd Pettengill actually was some big star like, oh, my God, it's Stephanie Wyand. And even as a 10-year-old kid, I was, I was like giving the benefit of the doubt because I had no idea who the hell Stephanie Wyand was. And, and and throughout her time on the show, she was the overly smiling, like overly happy, sort of Kathy Lee Gifford-ish, deer in the headlights, like, yeah, isn't that great, sort of character. And <laughs> it was almost eerie. She actually did a voiceover on last week's show, which was very bad, hyping up the Backlund Doink match. But but James Dixon interviewed her for the um for the uh, novella um, Titans Singing, and she says. And she said of her tenure, honestly, it was all very odd. I was literally just starting out in the entertainment industry, and it was an opportunity that I felt I had to take for a variety of reasons at the time. They pushed me to be this kind of high-energy spaz on camera, but I'm actually pretty low-key in real life. It was a long time ago to me. It was just a job that I did, but I'm grateful for my time there because it was the first in the series of jobs that led me to where I am now. She also admitted that she was not a wrestling fan and, and knew that she was out of depth in the role. There's a great life lesson there. There's no missteps in life. Like, you never make the wrong decision. Everything leads you to where you are now. And it's true, but you, you do see the pattern there of when she was hired, when she, where she had no product knowledge. She was not a fan of wrestling at all, but it brought her into the wrestling industry to basically teach her how to be a wrestling person in their mold. It is difficult to come into wrestling without any wrestling knowledge. But... But then you see the parade of people they've brought in over the years to be interviewers and announcers that have had no wrestling background at all. Whether you're, I don't know, Tom Phillips, who 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 I don't, who I don't think had anything to do with wrestling beforehand, or uh, Mike Adamley, one of the more glaring examples of it. Oh, that's true. That's true. God or, bless Mike Adamley. Or just the wrestlers they signed to the developmental contracts because they have good bodies or because they were a star in volleyball or something or, or they were a cheerleader or they were, you know, played college football. It's like, like here, you can wrestle. You can pass by all these people in the indies who you know, have worked their ass off for years and you get their opportunity instead of them. It's a tough one. Radio is very similar in the sense that um, there's a lot of people who get into radio without that pedigree of being radio presenters it's normally because they're they're tv presenters or they're singers or they're actors and it's a case of getting a name on the books there you know pre in, in my previous role i've worked with uh i've done training and coaching with uh reality stars who wanted to get into radio or have been offered jobs in radio and need to suddenly figure it out from the ground up and 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 i i get it i to i totally get it like it's it's all about making uh it's all about making an impact for your brand but i can i totally also understand the frustration of people who have grinded and grafted for a long long time only to be passed by by somebody who hasn't done all that mm -hmm. things 
things like Tough Enough and, and the Diva Search only just make make like hardcore fans angry when they see that these people are one step away from having an opportunity that, that they would kill to have. And it's like, oh my god, I have no idea. Like, 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 who's this Rocky guy? Who's and Steve Olsen? I've never heard of him. And it's just like, ugh. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit. <laughs> and here's Stephanie Wine, who added nothing, yet really, generously, I'll say, took nothing away. Because she was, like, just tucked away on the, on the weekend show where she just played uh, the, the Kathy Lee to Todd's Regis. There was, however, an indie star that was possibly uh, on the way in at this point, And you did say his name just then from the Wrestling Observer. Luis Piccoli got his contract released from IWC. So it's almost a sure bet that he's headed in. He had signed an 18-month deal with IWC just two months earlier, but Ron Scola let him out of his contract. So we could see Luis Bacoli in the World Wrestling Federation soon. Imagine that! Well, he was playing the role of Madonna's boyfriend in AAA, which was interesting. <laughs> and, he will have, and he will have a similar um, Chris Farley-esque goofball gimmick here in the, in the WF, albeit with kind of a unusual name and sort of I want to say outdated gimmick, but they were a little bit behind on the times at that point, even then. Just a little bit. So uh, that's your wrestling news around the around the houses for this particular week in wrestling. Let's go to Justin Henry. There he is there. He is off of America, and he's going to talk us through uh, this week's exciting episode of Monday Night Raw in the Diesel era. <laughs> must we? Yes. Yes, we must. Well, first, it also must be said that this taping schedule is very unusual because we had a new taping cycle start two weeks ago after Survivor Series in um, in Poughkeepsie on November 28th. And they taped three shows that aired on the 28th, December 5th, and the third episode is actually going to air next week. So this episode here is live and starts a new cycle. So it's going A-A-B-A-B-B, so to speak. If that makes sense. It does, just about, yeah. Because I, I, I simply want to get all these, all these TVs in before the Christmas holiday, and rather than work you know, the week of Christmas, just get them all done early. I guess that was the line of thinking here. Yeah, they just want to get them all done in the can so they can, uh, they can, they can break for Christmas, I guess. Well, we have two interesting names wrestling uh, dark matches on the show. One of whom is Mantar. Managed by Ted DiBiase at the time, beating an unknown. Mm. So, so that's the first appearance of the Hoofmaster himself. Mantar is going to be a treat when we get to oh. talk about Mantar proper. He has the patron saint of Caldaholic. <laughs> if anyone deserves that title, it is Mantar. And in the next match, a man named The Blacksmith defeated an unknown. The blacksmith, you, know black... you say? Yes, the blacksmith. Which sounds like a pretty awesome name for a wrestler, to be honest with you. Would it be, at an absolute guess, would it be Justin Bradshaw? No. Okay. Uh, the uh, blacksmith. Uh, um, body type, he's, he's somewhat tall, but he, he's much, much, much heavier than Bradshaw. Much more of a roly-poly physique. Barry Windham? No. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm thinking new blackjacks. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Um, Brody Brody he, had just he had just wrestled in WCW that year. He had teamed with Cactus Jack for a while, actually. Oh, um, Man Mountain Rock? 
Yes, Max Payne. Oh, get in! Max Payne is the blacksmith. Why couldn't he have been the blacksmith? That's an awesome name. Is it? And was he a blacksmith? Um, that I do not know. Whoa. Let me just double check real fast. That's the bit we need to know. Was the blacksmith actually a blacksmith? Like, did, it, did was his music just the sound of iron sharpening iron? Oh, what a phrase that could have been. And there's nothing here in the Observer about that in particular. Let me oh, check the following issue. Just browse for that real fast. I want him sounds... to come out in like in overalls with a uh, face mask on and a oh, hot apparently, poker. Apparently, apparently, it was just the whole Max Payne uh, gimmick, but just called the blacksmith for some reason. Oh, I was excited. I thought he'd be like loudly. I thought he'd be like branding people. <laughs> I jumped ahead to the following issue real fast. I'll, I'll, I'll just read out these two sentences. Uh, newcomers were the Minotaur, which is incorrect, a heel match by DiBiase who didn't get over. All I know is he's from Wisconsin and wears a buffalo head as his gimmick, and everyone was making fun of the gimmick backstage, but it got him the job since he showed no signs of being able to work. The blacksmith, Daryl Peterson, a.k.a. Max Payne, debuted playing the guitar to a mixed reaction. So there you have it. <laughs> there you go. Mixed reaction. Now, now, with all due respect to Mantar, given a choice between the two characters, I would rather be the blacksmith. <laughs> I think I would rather be the blacksmith. And I would rather be the blacksmith compared to this opening promo. <laughs> the bloom is off the Backland Rose at this point. Basically, his, his 15 minutes are unfortunately up. I hate to say it, but it's true. This is this is the beginning of this is like the, the curve. We're on the downward spiral now, aren't we? Which is a shame. You don't know. You don't necessarily pick that up from how the match that we're going to see plays out. But certainly who you're in there with is a strong suggestion that things aren't going the right way. Yeah, this is back on five assignment, Miami Beach. <laughs> he um, he's, he's covered in sweat. And he's screaming in the darkened room as sort of the half profile look. About how Doink has manipulated the WWF. He has besmirched them in a sea of hypocrisy. The chicken wing is gonna extinguish you. And he does hold the UL. So then we get the um, Rocket Man fade in the Doink. He's not looking the opposite way. They, they did that for this match. The dramatic fade in, fade out. Like it's Fergie singing the national anthem, and he cut the Draymond Green's horrified reaction of the All-Star game. Which if you've never seen that, look it up. It's amazing. Dwayne cackles a lot. I guess he was told to laugh a lot because that's how we know, that's how we know he's a clown. You know, the, as of the paint, paint hair, don't give it away. Make sure you laugh, Dwayne. Like, hey, Bobby, I respect you. <laughs> You're a former two world champion. <laughs> as, as, as I question the point of this podcast at this point. We have to make fun of someone that's making fun of itself. Yes. Tom, what we're doing is redundant here. <laughs> now, here's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. I am not against the idea of when you have a match like this, which isn't the greatest match, but you are pulling from the pool of talent that you have. And if this is the marquee match, the best marquee match that you can present at this taping, I'm not against trying to find some way of making it feel important. I love 
the way. I love how commentators, the great commentators, can make even the most basic of match feel like it's relatively important. So I, sure. I give credit to Bob and Doink for trying to turn their nothing into a something by having Bob say, like, Doink is, is you know, is, is it in every sense a clown and he's going to destroy him and, you know, morality, etc. And then you've got Doink. And we're in the the, the, the the shitty end of doink. Let's be honest. Uh, we well, yeah. We you know we we we're not we we haven't even got the doink. We haven't got the doink, the doink that we love. We haven't even got the doink that we like. We've just got a doink that we've got. And uh, we have step. We have stepdad doink. We have step. We have stepdad's mate doink. <laughs> we we are we are so far off the off step the cliff. Doink. We have our step our step doink. And we're so far off the curve with Doink. But there he is, cutting this promo, talking about, hey, you know, you're a wrestler. I respect that. I, maybe I've got some tricks, too. And it gives you that sense of, whoa, maybe they're going to wrestle. If, I, if it had been Doink going, oh, boy, I can't wait to squeeze your nose. <laughs> that would have been that would have been a bit crap. And we got like we the cadence was very hoo-hoo, jolly japes. But the idea they put in there was like, hey, you're a great wrestler. Maybe, yay, maybe I can out-wrestle you. Like, ooh, okay, I'm down for that. And then we had the beautiful, uh, that, that beautiful video. That beautiful video of the fade from one close-up to another of Bob and then Doink. And then Bob just sort of disappearing into the bottom left of the screen. <laughs> God, it was like a music video from the 80s. Oh, it was. It was like wham. <laughs> it was so gorgeously wham. The moment I started, the moment I started watching this episode, and the moment we got the transition fade from Bob to Doink, I had to pause it because I went, "That's the album art this week. That's the <laughs> album art. There is nothing that is going to be on this show that is going to beat this image here of Bob and Doink half fading no. out." Instead <laughs> of wham, it's why. <laughs> John. I think John's done something similar for us, so it's a bit of a remix. <laughs> yes, hey, Savage, wake me up before you go-go, so I can go with you. <laughs> so then, we hit the opening deal. with No Tiger sponsorship this week, unfortunately. <laughs> and then we come to Vince saying something that may have been more absurd in that introduction. Now, we have made fun of Vince. Uh, this company for not knowing the age of its audience, for its outdated references sometimes when you talk about like adult matters in terms of trying to pull from the headlines and it's a kid's show. So it's it's, it's really all over the place. Vince says, welcome everyone to the Borscht Belt. Yeah, Is it crusty? <laughs> what would a Borscht Belt look like? It'd be very wet. Well, you know what a Borscht Belt is? Well, I know what borscht is. Okay, well, it's that, well, it's yes, that it's, soup. It's right, that, well, that Ukrainian soup. Okay, well, I'm just going to read these two sentences from Wikipedia. It'll make a little more sense. Borscht belt or the Jewish Alps are a, is a colloquial term. Colloquial. Colloquial. Okay, colloquial. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. A colloquial term for a mostly defunct summer resort of the Catskill Mountains, parts of Sullivan, Orange, and Ulster counties in upstate New York, the United States. These resorts were a popular vacation spot for New York City Jews from the 1920s through the 1960s. 
Okay. Ba- yeah, basically, the, the, that's where like a lot of Jewish comedians got their start and hit it big, including, and I'm reading Wikipedia here, George Burns, Buddy Hackett, Jonathan Winters, Jerry Lewis, Rodney Dangerfield, Phyllis Diller, so on and so forth. Mel Brooks, Milton Berle. So some big names there, obviously. Don Rickles I'm looking at as well, Joan Rivers. I can't name them all. But the thing is, this is a kid's show in 1994. <laughs> so that kid, is a concept I, I, that is completely lost, isn't it? By the, Even by this point in the timeline, the Borscht Belt. Yes, it's basically just like one step around vaudeville. <laughs> it's a, it, would, it, would you say it's a bit like somebody in 2020 referencing the USSR? Potentially, I would say. Hmm. Or, or just something along the lines of, or like just, eh, welcome to the VHS capital of the world. <laughs> okay, welcome. I'm with you. <laughs> welcome to the home of Blockbuster Video. It'd be like standing outside St. James's Park in Newcastle and saying, welcome to the home of Jimmy Nail. With you. I'm with you. Geordie reference <laughs> yeah, for the win. <laughs> now, it's like, I realize you have to dress up Liberty High, friggin' Liberty, New York. The fact that you're wrestling in a high school that looks like an independent show. And really, like, just the look of this show feels very indie-ish. Like, you, you almost see the basketball hoops pulled backwards and folded up toward the ceiling. <laughs> But my God, there has to be a cooler way of co- of referencing where you are. I'm pulling up Liberty, New York, right now on Wikipedia. Is there anything better about this city? And, Could you uh, not just say? Me? I mean, just like from as a, as a, as a, somebody from another another nationality, just saying we are live in New York sounds big, and it's not a lie. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, but it's. When you go lower than that to uh, the fact that you're in – I mean, this obviously is not the garden. It no. is not the garden. No, but no one needs to know that. Yeah. You just need to say we're live in New York. They've, they've live been... in New York. It's Monday night. <laughs> yeah, why not? They've been Vega in the past. <laughs> Bloody SummerSlam came from – or King of the Ring came from the heartland of America. <laughs> That's true. It's Monday Night Live <laughs> with Dana Carvey. <laughs> Doink the clown. <laughs> Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> musical guest Jim Johnston <laughs> and your host Jeremy Piven oh Christ that was a thing that happened <laughs> all, I found, this, all I found that's interesting is that a really crappy tight end for the, the place my Philadelphia Eagles went, went to this high school and graduated in 94 so <laughs> his name is Kasim Cincino and I've, I've long forgotten about him I, I'm going to remind him because of this Wikipedia page all right, let's drag on with the show here. The phrase tight end is always funny to me. Well, it's he plays on the end and he, he, he maintains his seal so the running back can go around so he keeps it tight. <laughs> he plays on the end and he never buys drinks at the bar after. <laughs> yes, he's a... He's a, <laughs> he's a really tight end. <laughs> yes, he's a, <laughs> playing the role of miser, Zach Ertz. <laughs> so we're here in the Borscht Bell. We got Vince and we got Sean wearing glorified Chippendale's attire. Sean is here to save the show once again. If not for Sean, this would have been one of the absolute worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. But Sean made it semi-watchable. Sean to the rescue and, on this one once more. And the other good part 
is Bob Backlund jogging out for his entrance to the roll sirens. Yeah. <laughs> it was very RTC-ish. I was just, I've written here the long-lost member of Right to Censor. We had the same we had the same thought. <laughs> and just when I thought I was going to kind of maybe enjoy the show a little bit, we get the worst Chirons ever for the names. It was like the most basic lettering. <laughs> like they just they just didn't bother with this. They just weren't asked. It's like this this company at this point is so weird because there is a definite drive to be big and to feel big. But then mm-hmm. they let themselves down with stuff like the on-screen graphics. This just reeked up. Let's just get it done because the holidays are coming. Yeah, let's just let's just get it done together. We can beat the Friday traffic. You know, that's how and it that, pretty much feels. That, that's a good way to put it. This is a beat the traffic taping. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to a beat the traffic taping of Monday Night Raw. And because of Celebrity, there ain't much traffic. <laughs> Who said Vince Reed announcements during the show? Um, the school would like me to let you know that tomorrow is um is a meatloaf day <laughs> with mixed vegetables, um, <laughs> a little peach cobbler, and your choice of milk or chocolate milk. I was kind of hoping they might have had at some point during the broadcast, like a PE teacher walk in and say, "Excuse me, we've uh, we've we've booked this we've booked this room for for three o'clock." <laughs> <laughs> they clear the ring out. They put up the volleyball nets. <laughs> like we booked it for three. I said no, no. We we booked this months ago. Yeah, but it's not written on the board. It's not written on the board in the staff room. It's got to be written on the board in the staff room. Chandler <laughs> walks through with the floor scrubber. <laughs> Nobody told me this was happening. It wasn't written on the board. No, but it's clear something's happening. Not on the board. <laughs> I hate wrestling at this point. <laughs> It was like for the science fair behind the crowd. <laughs> I mean, in terms of the graphics, they are very basic. They've been worse, but they are very basic. And it's just that, like, it's funny. It's always funny. And this is a real aesthetic for me. It's always funny <laughs> seeing raw um, imaging, imaging um, in blue. Yeah, that's... I always associate it with red. Mm-hmm. We... I get that because the logo is always pretty much red, especially back in the, it was like a purplish red back in the day. But yeah, blue was like the overriding Chiron color through 94 and 95, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't remember when it changes back, but it does. I think it does go back to its um more bolder reddish uh, color before long. So Backlund's in the ring. Dink enters no doink. This goes on for a bit. Then doink comes in under the ring and trips Backlund. As ever, as a right boy, the state of this venue. <laughs> so within minutes of this match, Dwayne's face paint is smeared all over Backlund's body, which makes Backlund look like some sort of like low budget version of Finn Balor's demon. <laughs> John, he's the linguistic demon. <laughs> <laughs> the Backlund Club is is for everyone. <laughs> It's for all plebeians. <laughs> listen to my listen upon my caterwales. <laughs> so we have to put the stuff into the match here because what what is happening on screen is one of the slowest and most basic matches that has ever taken place in Royal history. Outside it, of the Ric Flair bridge up from the pin, which was actually looking 
which actually looked good. This is working the arm, working the arm, working the arm. And Sean underlies this how basic this is with the sarcastic line of how he can't get a word in edgewise because there's just so much action going on. <laughs> Sean was an arse here, and I quite liked him for it. Sometimes I feel like you know, we should call him out for being an ass, but you know what? If I had been in that chair, I'd have been doing the same thing. <laughs> like, this is like Orange Cassidy level energy. And not like trying trying to beat Jericho level energy. I'm, I'm talking Orange Cassidy's default setting. But am I wrong in thinking that I wasn't entirely down on this match? Because the I, I'm because the the premise of the match was outlined in that opening promo, which is the idea of Doink trying to out-wrestle Backlund. This match had World of Sport elements to it, which I quite liked. It was, you know, World of, there's, there's the, you know, World of Sport matches are worlds apart from this, but there were elements of it which felt very World of Sport, and I quite liked it. I hated this match, to be honest with you. <laughs> we very rarely, like, are on such polar opposites. But I didn't... I mean, it, it went too long. And it felt well, like it went too long. Uh, okay, well, that's definitely true. It did go way, way, way too long. And it's just... Uh, um, but the idea that it was is, doing trying to out-wrestle Bob Backlund. Okay, well, here's my, here's my counterpoint. They started the taping with this. Yeah. Usually, usually, <laughs> usually, your hour one taping has the hot match. You know, this would have required like Sean versus Davy Boy or something. We got Doink versus Backlund. You would have put this somewhere a bit bit further along the taping. Yes, I would have put it after Rich Myers versus Duke Jersey. <laughs> With all due respect to Ramblin' Rich and and the Duke. So more work in the arm. More work in the arm. And then Vince brings up Jocelyn Elders. He calls her Joyce Elders, which I guess is technically a shortened version of Jocelyn. Do you know who Jocelyn Elders is, Tom? No, but I was hoping you would fill me in. Oh, so I, I stopped I'm... myself Googling. I thought, I've put brackets. Justin will probably know who that is. <laughs> well, that is a good way to phrase it, fill you in, because <laughs> she used to be the Surgeon General under Bill Clinton for a little more than a year. She was forced to resign after making a number of controversial statements. Including advocacy of masturbation. <laughs> Allow me to quote from Wikipedia here. She was asked whether it would be appropriate to promote masturbation as a means of preventing young people from engaging in riskier forms of sexual activity. And she replied, I think that is part of human sexuality and perhaps it should be taught. <laughs> oh, there you go. And coincidentally, this very weekend, I was watching a... I was watching a reel of Norm Macdonald on Weekend Update in 1994, just on, on YouTube, just like his like, random jokes. Because apparently Jocelyn Elders wrote a book. He said, so Jocelyn Elders wrote a book this week. I read it. And he made like a jerk-off motion with his hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. And then go figure they bring it up here on Raw. Like, everything I, I enjoy, like, all ties in together somehow, it seems. And... As Vince and Sean discussed what they would rather be doing than watching this match, and I can't blame them. Exactly. The crowd, the crowd is just dead. They clap a little some, bit. For Doink, there's, there's some kids cheering for Doink, but the crowd is mostly just, get on with it. 
Backlund is wearing more paint than Doink is at this point. More arm work. He almost pins Doink with a wrist lock. I assume Doink fell asleep. <laughs> it's like, oh, geez, I, I'm, I'm in a match. What? I wrote, holy F, this thing is still going. Now they're working a hammer lock, which is different from, from a wrist lock, at least. So we're upgrading. Vince is busy. <laughs> Vince, is, Vince is busy interviewing Sean during the match. And then he said, if he were Henry, he would stop the match. Yeah, really. I would stop this match, too. <laughs> <laughs> You're really down on this match, and it's making me laugh. So then Doink, plus because he's half asleep, gets this wonky springboard cross body. Where he almost falls short of back and back as he was tired. We get some near falls here off of nothing. Back on can't get the chicken wing. Doink goes for a scoop slam. Back on drops out of it. There's the chicken wing. Pulls Doink down. Doink hangs in there longer than he should have, which by which in my mind he should have tapped out in two seconds just to end this thing. No, he hangs on for a bit, but then he gives up. Back on won't let go. Referee's trying to pry him off. And it was at this point that I hit Paul's Tommy and I took a walk. <laughs> Where did you go? Where did you go for your walk? Uh, just around my neighborhood, like two blocks. <laughs> what did you see on your walk? Just my just usual neighborhood sights. <laughs> I mean, just nothing special. Just just fresh air on a Saturday evening before we had our watch along of SummerSlam 2013 on on the Discord, which was a great show. <laughs> the exact opposite of this show. See, this is what's quite nice, because behind the curtain, we've changed the day that we record uh, the Raw review on. So we now record it on the Monday as opposed to the Friday before broadcast. So it does give Justin a little bit of time. If he's not enjoying a match, just to hit pause, you know, go live a little bit. Go see the world. <laughs> Take five. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to gather my bearings after... Yeah, to wake up. It was like a, it was like a mild form of calisthenics at that point, just to make sure that I that I was alert for the rest of the show. So that was the thing that happened, and if I had to rate that, I would put a hyphen in front of the asterisks because <laughs> that was brutal. It could have been a bit quicker. I didn't hate it as much as you hated it, but it could have been a bit quicker. <laughs> oh, it's. It was 10 minutes of working the wrist and the arm. I just, the concept I was all right with. It, it's just, it wasn't executed particularly great. Who would have been in charge? That's, would have been back Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 I like the concept. This wasn't executed well. Yes, it's like Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about Waterworld. I like the concept. It just wasn't executed that well. People accuse me of being very optimistic and, and overly so. And I, and I it's get true, it. It's true, you are. I get it. I get it watching this. I go, I didn't mind the concept. The idea that Doink wants to out shock Backlund by out-wrestling him. And at points he does. So Backlund loses his mind and puts him in the chicken wing and doesn't let go. <laughs> Listen, I know some people hated Super Showdown, but come on now. <laughs> they tried. I'm just saying... The Super Showdown isn't all bad. There we go. All right, Balor Andrade was fine. The rest of it couldn't. <laughs> just saying the greatest Royal Rumble wasn't that bad. I mean, okay. who doesn't love Babatunde on pay-per-view? All right, in fairness, of all the Saudi shows, that was probably the best one, which is like which is like being valedictorian in the summer school. <laughs> I'm just saying Raw Underground isn't a terrible idea. 
<laughs> All right, now you've gone too far. <laughs> Put Doink and Backland on Raw Underground. John, John, <laughs> Doink and Actually, Backland, Raw Underground. <laughs> Actually, the hell would that put back on a water world? He haven't played Dennis Hopper's part. <laughs> Do that as well. <laughs> hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Tag title tournament video here. <laughs> As a reminder of how the Mighty Division has fallen. Do you know what this reminded me of, right? Uh, this is a true story. So I say I said like it's gonna be something really exciting. It's the most mundane thing. We have okay. on time of recording. I'm home for two reasons. I'm home early for two reasons. One because um, I uh, I need both me and Alex are working today, so I want to get back for the cat. Uh, hello, Pablo, by the way, who's just watching this. Hi, Pablo. Hello, Pablo. And two, we've got a food shop arriving at about okay. five o'clock. So I wanted to be sure that I was home so we could I could sign for and receive it because we need to do a big food shop. Sure. And uh, last night I made tea and uh, it was a case of like we don't we're trying not to order food and just eat badly. So I was like, we're trying to be good. So I'm like, right, I'm going to go through the fridge and see what we've got in the fridge. And I'm going to make something on what we've got in the fridge. And we had like some prawns in the freezer. We had some some chopped tomatoes in tins. We had some, we had an old cupboard full of spices and stuff like that. Had some had a couple of big sweet potatoes left. So I managed to make something, and it was and it was palatable. It wasn't great, but it was palatable. This is the tag team tournament. This, this is what have we got in the fridge? We need to make a tournament. What have we got in I, the fridge? That is a fair point. <laughs> you, you, you know, I have to say, because I, I was looking at the brackets here. If the Steiners and the Quebecers were still here, and you put it in place of the Bushwhackers and well done, you'd have a hell of a tournament, actually. That would spice it up immensely. There's a couple of people that you could hoy in this tournament that would spice it up immensely. Um, but well, yeah. Well, your brackets officially are Bigelow and Tatanka versus Men on a Mission. All right, I mean, you could do worse than that. You have the Head Shrinkers versus Owen Hart and Jim Neidhart, the old new foundation, which is a great uh, um, paradox. What am I looking for here? Um, contradiction, I guess. The old new foundation. 
<laughs> Contradiction. Yes, uh, or oxymoron, I should say. Oxymoron. Um, the Heavenly Bodies versus the Bushwhackers. Well, at least the bodies are in this match. And the Smoking Guns versus Well Done. Now, it would seem to me that you're kind of light on quality teams here. <laughs> Just a little bit. Had it been a Guns Bodies final or a Shrinkers Bodies final, I would have really dug it. But in fact, one team in this tournament will not be long for the tournament and will actually get replaced. And that will have big implications. Well, don't say yet, because we'll find out as the tournament... Mind you, we won't see any of the tournament matches, will we? Because all the tournament matches are being held on superstars. Yes, which I don't get, because that's firmly the B-show now. Well, well, actually, given this tournament, I I guess it should be the B-tournament. Unless it's a way of bolstering up the B-show? Syndication's dying in 94, though. Yeah, it's true. Which network would superstars have been on? Well, it... It would depend based on you, based on what market you were in. Like for example, Philadelphia here, right. we got superstars Saturdays at noon on our local Fox affiliate. Some places it might be like a, a CBS affiliate that has it like at 11 a.m. or something, or it, it varied. I think it was mostly Fox channels that carried it. Do you think it's just a case of we just happen to have all the tag teams on this on this series of shows? Already, let's just do the tournament on these superstar shows that we're syndicating. I think this one to have the main event quality matches on roll and and have this one feature match per episode. So rather than that, because if you did it on roll, you'd have to have two per episode, a feature match and a, and a tag tournament match. So right, and I guess and I guess by advertising that superstars features the tag tournament, it gives some gravitas to superstars. If you want to give gravitas to superstars, it feels like you have two important shows. Mm, yeah, which isn't a bad thing. Then you got the action zone as well, so they've they're technically got three. No, they have two. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's buried the action zone. They tried. They had Brett and Owen on the first one. You realize they have four shows at this point, and none of them are good. <laughs> I always, I always like how they kick off new shows, and you know they're going to amount to nothing. Like when they brought back, I think when they brought back Superstars. And it was like, everything's possible. Oh. And then the first show was like, was had like a huge, like, was, was, the, was, the main, was the main event of the first Superstars, like Shane McMahon versus Shawn Michaels or something. We talked about it on the podcast. It was a big main event. And like the, and the graphics for the show featured like The Undertaker on it. And I was like, oh, anything could happen. And now it's just like, oh, just some random matches from Raw. Well, what I did with Action Zone also, it started out with Brett versus Owen and then that click tag title match. And now we got like, I don't know, Duke versus friggin' Bundy or something. Duke Drosy, will he take out the garbage that is King Kong Bundy? It is precisely that. They start out hot, they build the audience up, and then it's like, all right, business as usual. <laughs> it's very Status quo, let's go. <laughs> I'll tell you what is not status quo. Is Sean playing the role video game at ringside? Yes! Mega Drive control and everything. We'll say a Genesis controller, and mm-hmm. as we should call it. Kick, kicking Diesel's ass. He, pin, he pins him with a Samoan drop for some reason. Well, that's uh, Vin- Shawn Michaels' standard move, surely. <laughs> yes, uh, Shawn was going for the AA and just fell backwards. <laughs> and Vince actually plugs the Strategy and Secrets video. I forgot those were things. 
Mm, Todd Pettengill hosts it. And it's all the wrestlers in the game going, hey, Chico, if you want to <laughs> throw some gold jewellery at the opponent, you press up, down and punch. It was the wrestlers in kayfabe giving out commands. Who was that, Doink? <laughs> all 12 guys did that? Paul Bearer, like, actually. <laughs> Yoko, hey, Chico. Hey, Chico. I love that video. It's just, it's whenever, it's when it's hearing people describing control. It's, it reminds me of Metal Gear Solid, playing Metal Gear Solid, where you've got, when you're on the phone and they're going, Snake, hold down the action button. <laughs> it just always makes me chuckle. And it's like Undertaker going, do my tombstone by pressing up, down, and kick. <laughs> the Demon Dizzy. Demon Dizzy, that's it. It's the Demon Dizzy. <laughs> the hit my move. The Demon Dizzy. <laughs> How they must have taken. They must have retaken I, that four hundred times. I wish they had B-roll of just that entire recording session. Just say, I, I can just watch everyone just interact throughout the. You want me to say what? <laughs> I just want to watch the B-roll of Undertaker saying the Demon Dizzy <laughs> without laughing. <laughs> surely the wrestlers would have gone why don't you just use my normal moves why why, why are you making them up for the game <laughs> why am I selling for Luna <laughs> and, then Luna, and then Luna hears that and runs in and kills you <laughs> the demon dizzy <laughs> <laughs> that is a fantasy football team if I ever heard one the demon dizzies the demon dizzies uh, well, speaking of Dizzy, we go to Vegas where Jared's doing a vignette. I thought we did these a year ago. <laughs> Before we go to that vignette, actually, just a, a little thing I noticed as a game geek. Um, okay. Raw is sponsored by Nintendo. Right. With Donkey Kong Country out now. Shawn Michaels just used a Sega Genesis controller. <laughs> okay, well, Raw's available on both systems. It was, was it available on both? I'm sure it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Is that, I just I just would have thought that would have been problematic. I don't think in '94 they cared that much. I think they were paying conscious. attention. No, you're right. <laughs> no, who's watching Raw at this point? Fair point, well made. <laughs> Fo- come on, football's on. <laughs> it's December. Football's on. So we got Jared in Vegas. They want to prove that no one's watching the show at all. I'm getting flashbacks from this and hives because I remember the Jarrett vignette from a year ago. I'm here to tell you about the politics in the country music industry. Who the hell cares? <laughs> <laughs> Jarrett's about like, like I'm not appreciated in Nashville, so I'm out here in Vegas. I'm going to hold the Global Force tapings here. Okay, he didn't say that, but he might have been thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> and then something, 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 song off, song off his album. And I, I wasn't really paying attention at this point. I, like, I was be, either thinking about the role video game or I was, be, or I was falling asleep again. I can't remember. <laughs> Razor Ramon versus Mark Starr. I'd forgotten about Mark Starr. He is a very accomplished jobber, is Mark Starr. He certainly is. In fact, he went... He, he went on. He went on to a WCW to team with Chris Canyon as men at work for a little while. Mm-hmm. And he is the brother of Chris Champion, aka Yoshi Kwan. Yoshi Kwan. 
I always hear Penza announcing him or Capetta announcing him. Yes, yes. So Mark Starr has 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 a bit of a pedigree here, and in fact, yes, he is a damn good wrestler here as Evans in this match. And he's from the UK, so we need to give some love to Mark Starr. We don't have to, do we? Yes, because he was born in Staffordshire. <laughs> Not many wrestlers coming out of Staffordshire. Big love to Staffordshire. If you're a Staffordshire wrestler, give us some love. The home of Signal One radio station for Staffordshire and Cheshire. But it's nice to see Staffordshire getting some love. Uh, kind of. Dare, ask what, dare we ask what else Staffordshire is known for? Uh, let's think. There, yes, yes, you can. There, there was a, there's a place called Buffet Island. It's a buffet on a roundabout. It's a Chinese buffet on a roundabout. Very nice. Well, should, well shouldn't that be get more uh, wrestlers, you would think? I mean, you thought, you'd have thought so, wouldn't you? <laughs> you'd have thought so. Well, well give us Mark Starr. That's the important thing. <laughs> I'm sure there are more wrestlers. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I'm doing a great disservice to those who have come out of Staffordshire. People like Leanne Marie's fine uh, announcer, performer, who... Is from the Staffordshire area. Should give that. Should give uh, Leanne Marie some love as well. I think anyone else from Stafford that wrestled. There must be loads. I'm just missing out loads of them. I feel really bad. Sorry, sorry if you're a friend of mine who wrestles in Staffordshire and I've not mentioned you. It's okay. We've established that it's a real hotbed for Chinese buffets and Harley Race clients. <laughs> yep. There you go. That's all there is. And 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 Signal One, the radio station. <laughs> So Vince tells us that the Borscht Belt has never seen anything like the bad guy. And I ask again, <laughs> who is their audience? <laughs> are we trying to appeal to the kids' grandfathers who are watching with them? Oh, I remember Maury Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this scarface guy in the Borscht Belt? Yeah, no, I've not no, seen anything like him. No, no, he wouldn't know. It's like, why does Frankie Avalon have his hair over his eyes? <laughs> I can't wait for I can't wait for another twenty years because before he becomes a librarian. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you about the time Buddy Holly's plane crashed in my yard. <laughs> yes, Grandpa, eight hundred times. <laughs> I still have his glasses. That's nice, Grandpa. <laughs> So, <laughs> the Borscht Belt. Well, or as Vince calls it, the Borscht title. <laughs> Stop calling it a Borscht Belt. It's a Borscht Championship. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, for a Borscht opportunity. <laughs> this is how bad this show is. We produce ourselves to this. So Razor works the arm. He makes it snappy enough. Like the last match, Sean makes fun of Barbara Walters, which he he is he is wanting to do because Barbara Walters is annoying. And, and and here we learn that Stars got some ups because he starts wrestling Razor and looks very good doing it. Like everything's fluid, everything looks precise. And we get a little story here because because after Razor chops him down and painfully chops him down, he goes for the fallaway slam, but his knee gives out. It appears to be a botch at first, but it turns out they're selling a knee injury on Razor's part because he's feuding with Jarrett soon. So they're putting that little thing out there. I like it. I like a little subtle nod like that to uh, a future injury. 
it definitely enhances the uh, story of, of just your regular garden variety enhancement match here. Star works the legs for a bit. Gets just like a scissor zip, pulls on the toe. Doesn't last long, though, because Razor clotheslines his head off. Gets the back superplex and finishes with the Razor's Edge. And Star really snapped over on the ending. Really does. Ramon always wrestles like a heel in exhibition matches. He always wrestles like an arsehole. Well, uh, I'll stop you there and I'll rephrase you. Razor didn't change who he was when he turned face. It's true. He just gained a bit of moral compass and started help and started started making nice with with good guys while wanting to bring down assholes like DiBiase and IRS. But he didn't become, hey Chico, let's be friends. No, he's still Razor. He's still the coolest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. He didn't lose that when he turned face. We have kind of a touching video here for the Make a Wish Foundation, hosted by Pet and Gill. Where they're selling teddy bears with all the money going to charity. It's like you have Doink Bears and Razor Bears. One thing I have to note, though, is that they did say that um, like much of the proceeds would be going to charity. Much. Not all the proceeds. <laughs> <laughs> they've, uh, they've, they've scrapped Roddy Piper from this, I noticed. Where last time, I'm going to all the money. All the money. We're going to make it this match, me and King. Giving it all to the kids. Todd Bettingill, 30 seconds later. Some of the money will go to the kids. <laughs> Piper, the next promo. All the money that I'm getting going straight to the kids. <laughs> what Roddy meant to say, according to his attorneys, is that he couldn't possibly... <laughs> I'm giving all, all the, the money, money to the kids. <laughs> Stop saying that, Roddy. <laughs> and they can all have stock options. No, Roddy, no. <laughs> And a 401k. Roddy, shut up. Get him out of here. Right. Stop, Roddy. To- <laughs> They're all. <laughs> Roddy Piper can't talk right now, but he likes to inform that some of the money from his match will go to the kids. <laughs> and also, he didn't mean what he said about Mr. T. <laughs> I'm killer. Shut up, Roddy. Stop talking. <sighs> Roddy. What a, what a varied legacy that man leads. <laughs> He's brilliant. I love him. <laughs> but we go to the opposite of brilliant as we have the king's court with irs and his druids hooray <laughs> do you know what i love about this is that irs is is really pushing for this match with undertaker well this is his make or break match and i'm getting the vibe that undertaker's not that invested no it's like this is like when John Cena was calling out the Undertaker and he wasn't turning up. <laughs> Do something. <laughs> I like to point out just the sheer inordinate number of rotundas in this company that have been followed by creepy guys. <laughs> it's, a, it's a legacy unlike any other. <laughs> Lawler makes his usual Hanny Youngman jokes. Hater's hey, a Borscht Belt reference while Sean laughs it up. <laughs> Iris calls out Joe DiMaggio, Reggie Jackson, and Daryl Strawberry for tax evasion. Which is, now we have the wrestlers making topical references in the ring. It's not just relegated the commentary anymore. They're, they're being fed these lines, aren't they? They're saying, hey, go out there and be topical. I, I would suppose so, although it's... I mean, if you're a tax man, you got something more interesting to talk about than, hey, you're a tax cheat. You bring celebrities into it, it becomes a little bit more 
I don't know, topical. Is there anybody that has had the kind of shtick that IRS has had and lasted as long as he has? Uh, you know, obviously your brother brothers have, have lasted forever, but it's just, I feel like it's just the one joke that has run forever and everybody's just fine with it. Fine with it? <laughs> well, he keeps turning up. You're a tax cheat. You're a tax cheat. What's he going to say this week, I wonder? IRS has got something to say. I wonder what he's going to say. You're a tax cheat. Oh, he said it. Do the roar. You're a tax cheat. Do the roar. <laughs> I remember he was on Conan O'Brien. He's back about the rainforest. Just say the line, Mike. You're a tax cheat. <laughs> we'll be right back. And now, Only I dance. <laughs> Guess that virus from dancing though. <laughs> so, so this alleged feud is about the power of the urn, and Iris says the following sentence verbatim, which I had to write down: "You might have the power of the urn, but I had the power of the, of the million dollar man and my druids." He missed now, the obvious to... gag there. He missed a really obvious line. You have the power of the urn. I have the power of attorney. <laughs> this is what the Arnold would say in a movie. <laughs> I mean, just think about that sentence for a moment. You might have the power of the urn, but I had the power of the million dollar man and my druids. <laughs> now, uh, I'm a linguistics professional, clearly, but I'm willing to bet that Never in the history of man has anyone else uttered those exact words in that sequence. <laughs> now there was a guy. There was a guy in the pub of the road one night <laughs> trying to get out of a fight. I got the power of the million dollar man in Madrid. Who is that, Mike? Go home. Give it is. Give it is. It's eleven o'clock this morning. Go home. <laughs> He later became prime minister. He certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> so Luger's facing the IRS next week, and I'm not sure whether to, whether to cry or be excited. Compared to some of the stuff we've had, it's a high-profile match. IRS and Luger should have had in-action figures. <laughs> not action figures, in-action figures. This figure doesn't move. Exactly. <laughs> it's Luger. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot <laughs> I want a Lex Express playset but I never got one just think if Luger had played ball if Luger had come into work and given us stuff we could have all had Lex Express toy sets that would have been something I'm surprised nobody has made a custom one yet. Well, that's a challenge for somebody. If you are a custom figure creator, where is our custom Lex Express action figure set? And the DX Express? No, just the Lex Express. <laughs> well, Not supporting the, the DX one. Express. <laughs> well, you gotta have the DX one so that Olsen can destroy it with a giant beam. <laughs> I'd rather have the Lex Express that Lex can enjoy with his giant, can destroy with his giant head. Yes. And bus driver who watches SummerSlam on a miniature TV inside the bus. 
Oh, we talked about that at work in the office on Monday and how, well, not Monday, it was last Friday. Last Friday it might have been. Mm. And how that poor bus driver had driven that stupid express bus all over the country. And his thanks is a little telly to watch an event happening inside an arena that he has parked outside. Well, I understand, Tommy, that he's not an employee. He's an independent contractor. <laughs> but... so, so he doesn't have the benefits of being allowed in the building. He has to be outside. He has to... I can, can, from you imagine, outside. can you imagine, like, as uh, Lex and the WWE guys were getting off the coach, and he's there going, hey, so, uh, hey, it looks like a great, great night tonight. Great show in there. Have You know, hope it all goes well inside the venue. And like, yeah, cheers. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, he's like dropping really obvious hints that he wants to come in. Hey, I suppose I could uh, come in and uh, get a drink, could I? Uh, no, you haven't got a ticket. Oh, okay, that's fine. I mean, I mean I, hey, I could redo with the ticket right now. Yeah. Tom, this is how, this is how bad this show is. We, we're he nostalgic for the Lex Express. Um, oh, God, you're right. Oh, Christ. That's horrifying. So let's get away from IRS and Luger for a moment here and go to the next Hakushi vignette. Which is slightly better than last week's vignette. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because of the shadow? No commentary. <laughs> okay. They took out Shawn Michaels and Vince talking over it. It's the same threatening clouds, because he's a cumulonimbus assassin. <laughs> <laughs> and so it forms the Hakushi words, but now we have a shadow of... Him with the him with the priest hat on, making the prayer motion. So it, it actually come, it, it's actually a bit better than last week's. I'm excited for Hakushi. At this point, my, my optimism is high for what he's going to bring to the company. Hakushi rules, so I'm very excited. Yeah, I love Hakushi. Happy to see him on a roll. Bless you. A massive, a massive missed opportunity. Yeah, because only one guy would sell for him. Well, two, Brett and Kid. Infuriating. Yes. And speaking of infuriating, we, old Jockstrap head comes out next. How did Montoya versus Nick Barbary, or as I call him, Officer Barbrady? <laughs> <laughs> Children, you shouldn't wear a Jockstrap over your face. <laughs> I think the book depository could be a good bet. Christ, it could be anywhere. <laughs> John, I want, I want just a credible wrestling Officer Barbrady for some reason. <laughs> At a show called For Some Reason. <laughs> also known as Raw. <laughs> Just because Joey Janela's not putting shows on anymore doesn't mean we can't pretend. He'll come back. Joey will have his moment in the sun again. Hey, look, the, the, the spirit of Joey Janela's uh, shows lives on. I think Is it is it this weekend uh, that Black Label Pro have got Effie versus Gangrel? <laughs> I, th- I suppose. <laughs> it certainly is. We interviewed uh, AJ Gray about uh, all sorts of for Desert Island Graps, and he talked about Black mm-hmm. Label Pro. I love chatting to AJ Gray. If you haven't heard the podcast yet, you can listen to it uh, right now on the podcast feed. Mm-hmm. It is the sweariest podcast we've ever done to the point where, Justin, normally if me or you drop a swear, we timestamp it, we edit it. There mm-hmm. was no point for AJ because every other word was a swear. So I just went, look, I can either just just tear this interview to shreds with beeps and bloops 
Yeah. Or I can just put an explicit warning on it. So we'll just put an explicit <laughs> warning on it. Oh, you're just lazy. I am. <laughs> on that occasion, I was like, do you know what? I just put the top. I just, I just, we put an explicit warning there. We just wrote caution swearing from the start and throughout. Speaking of explicit content and bizarre independent matches, we are a step closer to having New Jack versus um, Logan Paul. Oh my God. That is, that is, that is a Joey Janela match. <laughs> I feel like that would bring wrestling back. <laughs> I feel like that to what? Match, to, to, to prominence. To <laughs> say <laughs> to what? It, it would finally settle what's better, the internet or television. <laughs> That's what you got from that match? Yes. <laughs> that and Logan Paul being, <laughs> being shivved. That's quite fun. <laughs> Well, it's not fun. Is well, actually, what is fun is Adam Montoya's spiral pyro. Ah, oh, I love how Shawn Michaels is jealous of everybody's pyro this week as well. Yeah, because Sean, Sean's an internet Reddit user who knows who, who knows when pyro went away. <laughs> See, when pyro went away, I didn't even notice because I just don't notice there's little details a lot of times. Like, like, oh, there's no pyro for this person. No pyro to start a raw. Okay, whatever. There's even, less, there's even less now. Now they're in the performance center. Oh yeah, now it's like a fire hazard. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love somebody just to just to run the performance center show for a week, forget where they are, and just load it up with pyro. After the great whiteness, and I'm not sure they could do that legally. <laughs> I don't think they can either. So, uh, <clears throat> Sean, Sean does what anyone would do during this match, and. <clears throat> He says, I have a mask like Montoya's hanging up in my gym locker. <laughs> <laughs> Sean just buries him completely like two months after his debut. Here's the thing, right? In he's ring, right. <laughs> in, uh, yeah, he's right. But here's the thing. In ring, he's good. Yeah, Montoya's fine. Montoya's, Montoya's better than a lot of people on the roster. And that's what's annoying. Is it's this weird, weird flipping gimmick? <laughs> it just yeah. feels like somebody played Mad Libs to come up with a wrestler. And then we have this guy who's from New York playing a Portuguese fish. <laughs> He's like a Skittles mummy. <laughs> I reckon if you, I reckon that if you rolled those dice on that weird game of Boggle again. He would have become Erwin Flamadag, the Jamaican drummer. Flamadag? <laughs> Sizzle Montijig, the, the Glaswegian belly kisser. It's just, it's no weirder than Aldo Montoya, the Portuguese man of war. Clyde Heffelfleck, offshore fisherman. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's play a game. Let's play the Aldo Montoya game. You come up with the weird surname a weird first name, a country, and an object. (laughs) Or occupation. A weird object or occupation. Put them both in the same jar. It's just as funny. And then you get things like David E. Jig, the French mothball. Jack King, the video narrator from Newcastle. (laughs) That's weird, mate. Unusually cool spot where Bar Brady... By Bar Brady. Bar Brady. You can't be Bar Brady. <laughs> I'm going to see that. 
I'm going to keep saying that now. Montoya goes for the um, some sort of body scissors. Barbary, Barbarady, pulls him up with... He's going to get Barbarady. In a wheelbarrow lift. I like how we nail Aldo Montoya, but we struggle with Bradery. My name is Aldo Montoya. You made me wear a jockstrap. Prepare to die. (laughs) So so Barbary pulls up in a wheelbarrow lift. I like how you're really trying to say Barbary now and not (laughs) Barbary. You stop for like a beat just to get your head around it before saying it. I gotta get the spot in. Barbary pulls up in a wheelbarrow lift. Waist locks Montoya. Montoya pulls the ropes and just throws him on the middle rope in a really cool spot. That looked great, didn't it? It was ambitious for a jobber match. <laughs> Very. <laughs> like, like Montoya wanted to give this kid as much shine as possible. Did you spot the inside uh, catchphrase that Vince used in this match? Well, I did not. They were talking about they were talking about telegraphs or something or telegrams. Mm-hmm. And Vince and Vince just randomly goes. Telegram, telephone, telewrestler. <laughs> oh, I think I've heard Jimmy Hart use that before also. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I've heard people use it before. It's like an insider term of basically saying wrestlers don't keep secrets very well. That's true. Ask Uncle Dave. Just a funny my, insider thing. My uh, phone's um, rang a lot. <laughs> yes. just, it's, it's just, he just gives out his phone number to a lot of people. <laughs> I do love when they throw out the little uh, insider digs once in a while on commentary. Like, like only certain people in the audience are going to get it, but if, if you know, then it's like, yeah, I get it. Do you notice how so, Finn Balor's promos on NXT now are all just insider, pro- insider speak? That's kind of his thing. What's his Reddit handle? <laughs> at, at getting the boys over one. <laughs> he talks just constantly going about, oh, who's who does the office want me to get over this week? <laughs> oh, who's getting the rub from Finn Balor? Who's getting their push cancelled and hitting that glass ceiling? It's like, why are you talking like a Reddit user? Is that the gimmick? <laughs> well, it's, it certainly beats him walking in from off camera and just smiling at some magical bird that we can't see. <laughs> I'm hoping for a promo where he goes, okay, in this, coming up, I'm going to face Damien Priest. Damien, I'm going to get my shine for a bit. Then you're going to go over at the end. <laughs> but I'll get my heat back. Prepare for some, prepare for some punishment, Martinez. Oh, hey So, Montoya hit the plancha. Montoya hit, hit the plancha. I'm like, hey, I'm enjoying this match. And now comes Harvey to ruin it. <laughs> He's here watching something or other. So we found the next, the next week the Whackers are going to be facing well done again. And they're going to have Fink in their corner. And this is like, that's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> so Sean, I mean, so Sean makes the jockstrap remark as, as mentioned earlier. And Montoya finishes with, with a move I've never really seen. A springboard reverse bulldog off the middle rope. Oh, what a good... And he hit it nice. It was it's definitely a different finish. Montoya wins, but of course he's not the story here. The story is Harvey confronting Howard again, threatens to beat him up, and he shoves him down. Tom, are you excited for this feud? Heck yeah! And it will go on for years. 
That's right, Mr. Enthusiasm. <laughs> now, I struggle to see the good in that. So that says a lot, doesn't it? Is we... <laughs> you say the good in it. I'm thinking like we need like a gen video for this feud. <laughs> I see that's it, right? If I can't see the good in it, your last port of call is Jen. And if Jen can't see the good in it, then it falls off a cliff. <laughs> it's shite. Okay, well, there you have it. <laughs> that nails it. That's if all you ever say is it's shite. That's a great Jen impression. <laughs> Jen, that's, and now just then we'll do an impression of star of WWE Network, Jen. <laughs> oh, I can't. Jen, I'm not making fun of your voice. You know we all love you. Just... You have, you've, heard, a... you've heard this week in wrestling, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> Where she sings, just... she's beautiful. Yep, Jen, is very, Jen is very charming and lovely. We all know this. Mm, maybe. <laughs> I liked it. I was, I was kind of half. I knew this wouldn't happen. Like we've, we've met, we've now met a couple of times. But I kind of always liked the idea that, like, everybody talks. People say like how Jen and I are like paradigms of, of of goodness in the world. I kind of wanted to start a feud with her. Like the idea that we'd meet and we just hate each other. <laughs> like it'd be a like, wonderful irony. Yeah, it would be like like you know oil and water mixing. Two really nice people meet and they just become really catty. <laughs> And they have a blood feud. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Jen is my arch rival. And then you have that three-hour death match on the island, like a Noki and Saito head. <gasps> that is how me and Jen end it. It is a John John death match, <laughs> three-hour death match. Oh, the thriller in Manila. Me and Jen. <laughs> three hours, blood, sweat, piss. <laughs> Just a three-hour dud. A three-hour dud. <laughs> fighting, scratching, clawing. We both leave just bloodied, battered, <laughs> covered in blood and <laughs> sweat and piss. It's, it's a horror. It's a horror. Wait, 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 wait. Why piss? Just it's that violent. Where <laughs> the snake bites and you had to put them out, like, <laughs> like, like, like dilute them. Like, it's just that aggressive. Going on here? Mate? It's just that aggressive. It's just that aggressive. Like, like we, we well both leave with like bone marrow showing. We just we've just battered each other that badly. <laughs> and then Adam, and Adam calls. Are you still going to do graded? Yes, Adam. Yeah, and I'm on my way. <laughs> just say back. Let me just get a plaster. I give this match a B. <laughs> <laughs> As in, boy, everything fucking hurts. <laughs> You can tell this is a bad roar because we tangent like a mother. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> Luger Iris promo for next week. We show the 100th Mania broadcast. Lol interrupted, so did Doink and Dank. Diesel makes some sort of dumb remarks while wearing a, a suit or a tux or something. Santa brings Steffi Wine to Todd because he was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lump of coal wearing polyester. <laughs> And then we come to a match that got me excited for three seconds. King Kong Bundy versus Bob Knight. Before what? I realized that it wasn't the coach. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say what made you excited for three seconds. I get it now. Yeah. If this was real Bob Knight. He'd be throwing chairs at Bundy. <laughs> that would have been a brilliant way to end Raw this week. 
<laughs> would you have, would you have turned your turned your mind on Raw? Changed your where did turned your mind come from? Changed your mind on Raw <laughs> if it had ended with the Bob Knight just throwing chairs at King Kong Bundy? Yes, he, he, he'd be a better manager than anybody who's there currently, other than maybe Cornette. Bundy coming out and just the chairs start flying, and he absorbs a couple, and then eventually just says, "I'll sod this," and just runs up the ramp. Yes, yes, it's just Bob Knight in a red Indiana sweater, <laughs> just, just young, young at the referee and then throwing chairs into the field of play. <laughs> Bob Knight had a, Bob Knight had a temper. Oh, did he have a temper? Great coach, but man, did he have a temper? Bit of an asshole. So Bunny just shoves him down in the funny spot to open the match, like, like stop. Don't make me love this show. <laughs> Bunny, I wrote Knight eats a goddamn post. I'm saying Bunny just launched him in at one point. Sean could care less. He's just reading the magazine. He's reading his alleged article about you know, the whole advice from the love lorn that he had. And then we come to what could have been the best moment of the show. Bundy threatens to go to the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> Got quite excited then. I thought we were going to get some top rope action from Bundy. But Bob Knight buzz killed it. He is rolls to the floor. <laughs> now, now Bundy can go up the top rope. I know this because I have Fire Pro. <laughs> he can go up. To- oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's 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 that says it all, then, doesn't it? If Bundy can go up to the top on Fire Pro. Yes, it's uh, that's, obviously you can do it in real life too. I mean, I mean, come on. I've slammed Andre with Ray Phoenix, so I know it's possible. <laughs> so Sean's making bowling jokes for some reason <laughs> this just keeps going it's like a four minute squash with Bundy we find out from Vince that Bundy's in satisfactory condition as in we're satisfied we have we, I, I ain't gotta pay for his hospital bills <laughs> satisfactory condition like that's what happens when you have a restaurant and they, and they found <laughs> And they found roaches the previous time, but this time there's no roaches, but everything still looks like crap. We're like, ah, we're satisfied he did better. <laughs> did it, done. <laughs> That's satisfactory condition. <laughs> it's all right. It could be better, but you know what? Sod it. It's nearly Christmas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're all just we're all just coasted now. <laughs> we're all just coasted. It's a microcosm for this show also. Bunny <laughs> gets the avalanche. He demands the five-count finish, but Billy Silverman, at referee, bungles it. Someone starts playing, and, and, and you actually see Bundy admonish him a bit after the match. <laughs> for kind of screwing that up. Yeah, that, that looked like it was meant to go another way. Like, the ref was meant to count five. Well, I feel like every time Bundy does the three, does the five thing, the refs get it wrong. Are the refs not clued in? Well, it's supposed to be, I think it's just muscle memory. Like, after the three, they call for the bell immediately, but you're not supposed to. You're supposed to be, but it's supposed to go five. And then, you know, before you can call for the bell, and then do the four, five, then call for the bell. Mm. That's how it's supposed to go, I would think. But then they're just so hair trigger on calling for the bell that that's how it goes. Well, there you go. So, that's the end of the wrestling portion of the show. We get one last <laughs> segment at the end. Of course, Santa's music hits, and Sean, <laughs> in the most douchebaggy, childlike voice he could possibly conjure up, gets giddy because Sandy's here Sandy's gonna bring me stuff like Sean was an absolute pro 
Sean wants a toy from Santa Claus. He's going, gimme, gimme, gimme. And this is, this is admonishing him for saying gimme. <laughs> that part killed me a little bit. Because Sean is just so in, like, like Vince knows Sean is acting, but even he's caught with just with what a douche he's coming off as. <laughs> I like Sean the, getting, I like Sean getting the IC title back. I was hoping that this would be how they would get back to Sean versus Razor, where Sean would be walking around wearing this IC belt. So Ramon's like, oh no, no, great, no, no. now I've got to defy I've now I've got to oh. I've got to win that one as well. Oh no 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 Tom, that was not the IC belt. That was the women's belt. Oh, I thought it was the I wasn't paying attention. I thought it was the women's belt. <laughs> it was it was a faux it was a faux women's belt. Well, um we 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 do understand that um Paul Nakano is suspended at the moment, so maybe it was the real <laughs> women's belt. It was a, it was a message to Paul. We'll have Sean carry you too. <laughs> Getting caught with um, substances, allegedly. That's Guy what we been for six weeks and, and killed her push. Mm. Yeah, so that's kind of a, a, a bit of a, a downer from Santa there at the end of the show. It is rather, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a Let's just think about Bundy again off the top rope again. Yes, that and um and also Bar Brady doing a wheelbarrow lift. <laughs> just Bar Brady in general as a as a true <laughs> highlight of this particular oh, episode. I'm pretty good at the catch as catch can stuff. <laughs> um, is Austin is Austin Strumowitz back with us next week? I believe so. He's, uh, he's a little party out this week from his sister's birthday, so... So we're giving him another week off. Okay, we'll tell him that we'll dock it yeah. from his wages. That's fine. Yes, yes we're doing the Brodus Bro- Clay bit where he it takes him eight months to come back or debut or whatever. <laughs> See, oh, next week. Oh, next week. Oh, next week. So Stromowitz will be back next week. Uh, to to share his musings on this week on the on every episode of Raw going forward. I mean, this was quite a dull episode. He'd have struggled with this particular one. Yeah, yeah this show didn't deserve a song. <laughs> <laughs> Although, unless, unless, unless it's taps, <laughs> it doesn't deserve a song, but it does deserve myself and Justin Henry talking you through it. So next week uh, we. Uh, will return. Uh, maybe we'll even get a song out of next week's one. You never know. Uh, but surely, surely things can't get worse, Justin. Oh, they shan. <laughs> and until next time, he is at JRH Rising on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Coltaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <gasps> I think the book depository could be a good bet. Love you. Bye. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 